the hour is late and the moon is leering. If you feel as though you're being watched, you're right. Dangerous Times Radio Hour presents Phantasmagoria. Starring Bess Lawson as Gilly O'Hare. Megan Stressman as Rusty Rattlesnake. Philip Stressman as Florence Beauregard. And James Kettler as every other person, living or dead. We open in media res, exactly where we left off. If this were a television program, there would have been a previously on segment, ending with the scene from the end of the last episode where Mary Beth Summers comes in with a gun, and then would fade to black and play the theme song, and then we'd be coming back in right where we left her, waving a gun around the air on the set of A Perilous Evening at Dreadnight Manor. Where is Florence Beauregard. Gilly has pushed Flo down behind a car. Flo starts thrashing underneath Gilly's hand behind the car. Calm and saying, down. No, let me, let me just go talk to her. No, you're not good this with your ridiculous. words. This is ridiculous. I am great with my words. Mm-mm, I'm hurtful. a performer. Mary Beth fires her gun directly into the air. And the crowd starts and screams and cowers. And she says, somebody tell me where the medium is right now. Uh, Not with that tone. Oh, mm, Gilly. Sorry. Mary Beth turns her attention towards you. Gilly, Rusty, I don't want to hurt you, but I need to know where she is. Why would you hurt us? We're just hanging out. I don't know where Florence is. Why do you need her? Because she did something to me. what, but ever since she came into my life, everything's gone wrong. I got evicted from my apartment last night because my toilet clogged and overflowed with sewage, and then my landlord made a surprise inspection, and he came in and saw the sewage everywhere and was like, ew, gross, get out. So now I'm homeless, I'm in utter mess, my shoelaces keep ending up tied together, I'm bruised, I've got a broken pinky. She holds up her other hand and her pinky's just at like a 90 degree angle. And I don't know how, and I don't know why, but I know it's her. Well, let's think rationally. Why don't we start by putting the gun down? She fires the gun into the air again. Ah, Tell me where she is! I don't know! We, our, our camera whips around from Mary Beth back to Gilly, and we see that Flo is now just standing next to Gilly uh, behind the car. And Flo says, hi, Mary Beth. I found her. Where did you come from? You look tired. Yeah, I'm a little tired. I haven't slept in... (laughs) What's today? Thursday. Which Thursday? It's been a long time. Okay, it's fine. Listen, you're freaking everybody out with the gun, okay? That's not necessary. I'm right here. Uh, I'm going to come to you, okay? And we're going to have a little talk. 
at like a, a like a reasonable indoor voices volume. Is that okay? You stay right where you are. Kidoki. Whatever you did to me, undo it now. I don't 100% know what you're talking about. Uh, wh- when did you come to this conclusion that I've done something to you? What evidence do you have? I don't, I just know it's you. You know, come to think of it, I met Flo and I lost my job. Wait, that's not helpful, is it? <laughs> not super helpful, Gilly. But I, take I, that back. I take that back. It's her. No, no, I'm just thinking out loud. Retracted. She's got the death's touch. Everything she touches turns to shit. Touch me. Flo pokes Gilly in the cheek. See, I'm still beautiful. Yeah, yeah, for now. Just wait. Just you wait. Oh, sorry. I got a little bit of dirt on your face, though. Sorry, my hands are a little Flo. bit dirty. There's just dirt behind this car. Enough! If you're not going to undo whatever you did to me, then I'm going to do what I have to do, because if I, if I get rid of you, then whatever you did is going to stop. And her hand's shaking. She levels the gun towards you and cocks the hammer back. If you kill me, it will never end. Oh. So you did do something to me. What did you do to me? Can I knock the gun out of her hand? Flo, I think Flo senses uh, Rusty like starting to move towards Mary Beth. And uh, Flo puts up a hand to Rusty without even looking at him. She says, uh, no, stop. Rusty stops. This is between me and Mary Beth Summers. Mary Beth, I'm going to ask you one more again. Can I, can you, I, I come towards you or you come towards me. We like talk face to face. Slowly. Okie dokie. Here I come. Walking slowly towards you. <laughs> Hands raised. Fingers still. <laughs> okay, everybody. I got me and Mary Beth are going to go over here and talk. Everyone uh, get some craft services. Um, you know, do movie stuff. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> the crowd who is mo- who are mostly like paired off or in small groups, huddled together in fear already. Do not move. <laughs> okay, Mary Beth, here we are, man to man. First of all, I just want to say, yes, did put a curse on you. I knew it. Okay, we were gonna use indoor voices for this conversation. I knew it. In my defense. You were asking for it by being a little fucking narc. Our camera cuts to Mary Beth, who up to this point has been kind of like slowly relaxing. That gun in her hand has been lowering a little bit. But Flo says those words, and we see Mary Beth's like pupils dilate, her eyes go wide, her head cocks to the side a little bit, and that gun starts to come back up. Rusty is going to run towards Mary Beth, like the side of her body, and reach for her gun, but at the same time tackle her down so that Rusty can grab her gun. For Rusty, time immediately begins to slow. Everything moving at like a snail's pace as Rusty realizes shit is about to get real bad. Rusty's gaze turns to Mary Beth. He sees those eyes widen, that head cock, and he sees that gun ever so slightly start to raise back up and aim at flow. Rusty starts off like a track star off the starting block, and 
uh, rushes towards Mary Beth. Reaching Mary Beth just before her finger pulls the trigger, so you manage to get your hands on the hand with the gun and direct it downward. She gets a shot off, but it hits pavement. And the two of you go down and tumble on the ground, and you end up with the gun in your hands. Yeah. You look back at Mary Beth, and she is splayed on the ground and holding her head. Are you okay, Mary Beth? Oh, yeah. Rusty. What? Fuck off. I, I saved your life. She was going to kill you. I said I got it. This is between me and her. Well, I have her weapon now, and now you can have a conversation in a more safe setting, and I don't have to worry about her shooting you. So you're welcome. Mary Beth sits up from the ground and takes her hand away from her head, and there is just the teensiest little scratch on her forehead. Oh, no. Bleeding into her hand. All right, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Rusty's booking it. So Rusty's gonna go sit in the car. Yeah, Gilly's already opened the door for him. Okay, I think that you can handle it from here. Yep. Yes. N- nice to see you, Mary Beth. <laughs> we'll see you at the seance tonight. Yeah, you're in- you're invited. Oh. Uh, um, bye. Flow <laughs> <laughs> waves at those two dinglings as they go to the car, and she is going to uh, sit down on the ground directly in front of Mary Beth and say, uh, you were going to really kill me there for a second, weren't you? I still might, okay. once I can figure out which of the three of you is the one that I need to attack. <laughs> All right, just take a deep breath. There you go. Might have a little bit of a concussion there. Yeah, I think so. That's all right. Just don't go to sleep. Mm, I'm pretty tired. Now listen. I, yes, I did put a curse on you. I knew it. Because you were being a little narc. I did not know that it would affect you as severely as it has. I just learned how to do it. It was literally the first spell I ever did. I thought maybe it was just going to make you poop your pants at the bank or something. <laughs> I did not know it was a kind of continuous thing, and I apologize. Can you please get rid of it? So I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how to do that yet, but if there's anybody that knows how, it's my friend Wally. He's a genius with magic and all that stuff. He's going to be at this seance tonight. Do you want to come to the seance. It's going to be a big, big event. It's at Landon's house. Maya's brother's going to be there. It'll be a big opportunity for you to, like, you know, schmooze and advance your career and stuff. And we'll we'll talk to Wally and we'll figure this out. We'll get this curse off for you. Okay. I'll come into the seance. Sorry I tried to shoot you with a gun. I, listen, I understand you've had a very stressful however long it's been. I don't know that you really know, but thank you. We're going to figure this out. Okay? Again, I'm very sorry. The narc thing is just a touchy issue for me. When this is all over, I don't ever want to see you again. Okay. I, that's very possible. It's a big town. And if I do see you again, 
I will try, probably try to shoot you again. Okay, well, let's revisit that later when this all's cleaned up, because maybe, you know, how you feel now is not how you're going to feel forever. So, you want to help you up? You want to help you up? Yeah. Which, uh, which one of you am I grabbing? And she just reaches her arm out and just kind of swipes the air a few times. Flo just grabs her by the fabric of the back of her shirt and just pulls her up uh, <laughs> off of the ground. Okay. I'm going to go take a nap in a pile of costumes. Now, you got a you got a freaking concussion, Mary Beth. Don't go to sleep. Maybe take a shower cuz you do you you smell like sewage. Well, I don't have an apartment anymore, so I don't have a shower anymore. Do you have a shower I can use? Do I have a shower that you can use? Yeah, can I use your shower? You want me to let you into my ho- my home after you just tried to murder me? Yes. I'd really really like a shower cuz you're right, I do smell like sewage. I didn't really smell it. Before, probably because I'd been in it for a while in my apartment. Yeah, you get a, but the acclimated to yeah, it. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting. Now that you mention it, I am smelling it again, <laughs> and it is terrible. Okay, if you're gonna come into my home, there's one thing that you have to know. Okay, there's a horse in there right now, and you cannot look him in the eyes, or he freaks out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I get that. I had, I had a horse when I was a girl. Same way, exact same way. Terrific. All right, let's go. Landon, I'm done working for today. I mean, everybody was leaving anyway, Flo. I'll see you tonight at my place. Yeah, you will. I gotta go pick up the hors d'oeuvres. Who what are we having? Who's doing the catering? Who you got? Me. me. I'm gonna go to the grocery store <laughs> and pick up some crackers. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe some nice blocks of cheese from the deli. Okay. I'll get a nice brie and a shop cheddar. Wonderful. Shop cheddar. What a good interaction this has been. <laughs> So, Rusty and Gilly, y'all drove away. Where were you going? Around the corner, just away. <laughs> just to I cool down. Get, I had, yeah, I had to just go away. Gilly, thanks for getting me out of there. I, like, saw that blood, and then I saw red, and I had to go, and I just needed to get away. So, thank you. What are you thinking about right now? Be uh, honest. Horses. That's not honest. Yeah, it is. Rusty, you hear over top everything Gilly's saying, the dull thump, 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 thump of her heartbeat. Rusty, like, shakes his head, slaps his face a little bit, and then takes a swig from his flask. No, I'm, th- I'm thinking about my horse. And riding my horse. You look like you just had a seizure. <sighs> Are you thinking about eating me again? No, I would never. I'm just thinking about your heart beating a little bit, but like, that's it. I can like hear it. It's not my fault. It's just these vampire powers. It's like I can hear people's heartbeat like slowing down or, you know, getting faster. And like, I can like hear your blood pulsing through your veins. And it's like really loud in my head. And I'm trying not to let it get to me. I think I'll be okay as long as I just keep drinking. It'll be it'll be okay. Here, I have banana you can eat. This should take your mind off of it. 
Gilly reaches under and pulls out a banana. Rusty, to be polite, just takes the banana and says, thank you, and just, like, strips the banana open and just holds it next to his mouth and, like, kind of pretends like he's eating it. But Rusty hates bananas, so... Of course he does. Yeah, but he didn't want to be rude, so he pretended to eat it, and then threw it behind his shoulder in the car. Right as you're doing that, you hear a knock on the window of the car. What? And you see Flo standing there. Hi, Flo. Glad you're alive. Thank you. Why are you pretending to eat a banana? What? I <laughs> ate the banana like it was so good. Smell my breath. I got banana breath. I don't want to do that. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty. Yeah? Uh, can you get in contact with Cheryl before the potty? Yeah. We need her to keep a tail on Cliff and Inga from now until the potty starts. Got it. She needs, and this is important, she can't get caught by them. But she has to let them know that she's there. I want to interrupt their feeding schedule. I don't want them to be able to get a little snack before they go over to Landon's. Got it. So that we want... I want them to show up hungry. And with that, our camera wipes to the entrance of the apartment of one... Florence Beauregard, as she and a slightly more stable Mary Beth Summers approach her front door. Oh, okay. I'm feeling a little bit better. There's only like one and a half of you now. Okay, good. Just don't go below one because that'll freak me out. Is that, hmm. Hmm. She kind of like looks off into the middle distance. Don't think about killing me as I'm letting you into my home. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Old habits. I know that you're upset with me and we're having like a tiff right now, but you don't fantasize about somebody's murder inside their own home. That's very rude. I'm sorry. Look, like I said, I haven't really slept and I'm still a little delirious and it's all I've been thinking about for the last couple of hours or days. I'm not really sure. So I'm sorry. I'll try to move past it. Okay, well, I got a... Spider-filled hole in the ceiling above my shower you can contemplate instead in a few minutes. <laughs> That's what I do when I'm in there. I yeah. think about where they go okay, and when they'll come back. Point me in that general direction. Yeah, it's uh, past the kitchen behind the horse. Okay, thank you. And uh, Mary Beth exits into your kitchen and you hear her like muttering to herself, no eye contact, no eye contact, no eye contact. <laughs> Hello, horse. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sweetbread, no. We're nice to guests. And Flo winks at Sweetbread. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and you hear a door close and the squeak of the shower knobs and the running of hot water. And then you hear a slip and a fall as Mary Beth falls into the tub. I'm good. I hit my head again. Okay, if you break any more tiles, just add them to the pile. (laughs) We cut outside of Flo's modest apartment in the middle of the city to a different part of a road where a familiar bright yellow hot rod is speeding down the road.
you feeling? You know what? Now I'm feeling a lot better. Yeah, I randomly think of blood, but it's not like a continuous thought. It's just like, oh, my horse, I love my horse, blood. Oh, yeah, I love my horse, I should feel my horse, blood. It's kind of like that. Mm. But it's nothing to worry about. It's, it's, I'm fine. I'll let you know if it gets worse. But listen, I have a plan and I need your help. A plan for what? You know Maddie the intern, right? Vaguely. Okay, well, I was watching this movie last night. Was okay. I in it? No. Uh, it was a movie called... Uh, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, was, it was a spooky movie, though, and this spirit wanted to move on to the afterlife, but they couldn't because their bones were resting in a place... And they were stuck in that place. Like, they, it was like purgatory for them. They were stuck in this room because their friggin' bones were in there. And so I started thinking, like, all right, well, Maddie the intern is in a room and is stuck, and Flo didn't know how to get them out, but just remove bones. Was this movie based on a true story? Uh, like Maddie's life? <laughs> no, it was like a fiction film, but like... What a coinky dink. But like, what do we have to lose? Because if we can pull this off and Maddie, we like, we can't see Maddie, but if we can tell Maddie, Maddie, meet us at Landon's house. We got your bones. We're bringing the bones there. Like, Maddie will show up, right? I don't know. Um, you seem really passionate about this. <laughs> I just think the flow would be so happy and I think that if Maddie was there and we were like talking to spirits and stuff, we could talk to Maddie and that would prove that they killed Maddie. Would it get your mind off of wanting to eat me? Uh, yeah, I'd be distracted as heck. Well, I'm in. All right, listen, I'm glad you're in because I got you this outfit and Rusty goes in the back seat and it's a plumber's outfit. So we're gonna disguise ourselves as plumbers me? A plumber? For toilets? You're too <laughs> famous, Gilly. You're gonna have to wear a disguise. I also got this wig for you. Wow. Rusty, I don't know what to say. Say that it's a brilliant idea. I'm not gonna say that. Um, but you're lucky you caught me in a good mood. I guess I'll put it on. <laughs> Just gotta wash myself real good when I take it off. I stole it from set. It's clean. Okay. And we cut to behind the Stutz series 695 as a cloud of exhaust fills the screen, easing our transition into a dissolve. Where we find ourselves inside the Myers Brothers studio office building. Camera facing the front doors. There is a hustle and bustle as all those same folks in suspenders with ties and briefcases walking around going up, 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 oh, walking on their way to various important meetings. Market, uh, market, up, down, market. Stock exchange. Sell, 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 sell. sell. It's Wait, my we're money and I need it now. <laughs> <laughs> where our camera faces the glass doors at the front entrance of the building. It zooms in slowly past the people hustling and bustling about to show the doors creaking open as two figures in pinstripe navy blue jumpsuits bearing the names Butch and Sonny 
creep in to the front entrance of the building. I got a toolbox too. Unbeknownst to anyone in the building, but clear to us, the audience, these two jumpsuited figures are none other than Rusty Rattlesnake with his real mustache and Gilly O'Hare with a fake mustache. Sitting behind the front desk, you recognize a frazzled, red-headed secretary frantically taking phone calls. Myers Brothers Studio Office, please hold. Thank you for holding. Yes, I really appreciate your call. We are a major movie studio, and we are happy with our phone service. Thank you. Okay. Rusty, I feel poor. Because you're in a jumpsuit? This is the worst role I've ever taken on. But listen, the payoff is going to be huge. Just think about it long term. Okay. Okay. So, got to think of a reason why we're here, and we just got to make it... <laughs> We can say there's a leak. We're plumbers, right? <laughs> you got the costumes for you. But listen, <laughs> we're planning it out right now. But we just got to get that secretary to get up because down there is where we end. Like, but behind the secretary's desk is how we get down there. I think you all are having that conversation as you slowly walk up to the desk. And by the end of it, you're like by the tail end of it, when you're talking about needing to get underneath the secretary, you're just at the front desk and Blossom is just looking between the two of you awkwardly. And she says, uh, hello, what can I help either of you? Oh, hi. Hello. Hello. My name is points to the patch on the jumpsuit, Sunny, and this is Gilly looks down at the name tag, looks back up. Butch. Butch. <laughs> uh, we're here about the leak. Uh, the leak? Yeah. What leak? Oh my god, you don't know about the leak? N- no, no one's told me about any leak. <sighs> it's in the stairwell. All on the stairwell. Leaking through from the top to the bottom. Oh, the stairwell's back there. Perfect. Um, I also heard that maybe it was leaking further. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Gilly's shaking up and down. Yeah. Yes. So what I need is actually I need um I need you to go get um a map for me of the building so I can make sure that we are covering all the quadrants in the building for the leak. Oh sure, I've got one right here. And she takes out like a uh, like a guide map for like tours of the building. You, you just need a map? Mm-hmm. Thank That's it? you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've okay. group tours in here sometimes. Awesome, you know. thank you. I'd like um, to make it known that Gilly is just holding a wrench up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got my wrench. Oh, um, I'm sorry. I just checked my planner and the leak in this building is actually in the basement. I'm not aware of a basement to this building. This is the ground floor. Well, All the stairwells just lead up. Hmm, that's weird. There's a note that to get to the basement, there is a door by the secretary's desk. This is the secretary's desk, yep. right? Yep, yep. Um, well, last I checked. Do you mind, ma'am? When was the last time you checked, ma'am? I'm sorry. Can I like see some identification or my something? Name tag's to, right here. Yeah, my can you show me something to prove that you're plumbers or that you wrench. were hired by my company or something? All right, ma'am. Listen, I need to get into this basement. A lot is riding on this job for us. We're struggling plumbers in this town, trying to make a buck, and this was our big break. 
We're poor. We're poor. <laughs> and we could tell everybody that we worked on the Myers Brothers Studios and saved it from drowning. I don't think you understand how important this job is to us. This doesn't seem like an equal trade, but if you let us do our job and stop Gilly this- holds up the wrench <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> and stop this building from flooding, I will extend you a personal invite to my cousin, Rusty Seance, that he is hosting tonight. <laughs> Gilly's head slowly turns to Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> there is going to be celebrities there. Mr. Meyer brother himself, I heard, land in that big shot director. Gilly coughs. <laughs> and Cliff Brockton. <clears throat> and Gilly O'Hare. She's my favorite. It's a seance and a rap on a party that my cousin is working on right now. <laughs> but we're poor. But we're poor and not invited, but you <laughs> can be invited. Wait, wait. You're not invited, but you're allowed to invite me? Just in case the toilet breaks. I was I was Rusty's <laughs> Am I going to have to come as a plumber? No, 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 no. I was Rusty's plus one, and I am letting you be Rusty's plus one so that you can get ahead in this dog-eat-dog world of Los Angeles. We just want to stop the flooding, ma'am. <laughs> I don't know why we can't. <laughs> why won't you let us? Why won't you let us stop the flooding? I'm inviting you to a party. <laughs> In order for us to stop the flooding. She looks at you for a minute and kind of studies you for a second. And then her eyes slowly go wide and she says, Oh my gosh, I've been hoping that this job was going to give me the opportunity to kind of like rub elbows with the people at the top and tell them my ideas because I have so many good ideas. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I have yeah. so many good ideas. But yeah. like, all I do is answer freaking phones all day and like, rent tables and like book book craft services and whatever and I it know, sucks I know. but if I come to a party you can these schmooze. people are at yeah I can schmooze yeah I can rub I elbows can schmooze. I can show Gilly O'Hare the screenplay that I wrote especially for her you know I what I wouldn't count on that <laughs> no 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 she would yep. love it Gilly's glaring at <laughs> Rusty so is he gonna pick me up here or I get off around five. Oh yeah um yeah Rusty will come pick you up <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. So five, okay. Yeah, five o'clock. Yeah, so if you could just scoot over a little bit and we'll just uh, get into the basement. Yeah, you know, I haven't taken my lunch break yet anyway yeah. uh, in the last like week and a half. So I'll go take my lunch break. Yeah. And yeah, go for it. Cool. We'll, I, uh... I don't I don't know about any basement, but uh, you do what you feel you have to do. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Well, Rusty can <laughs> Wait to see you. Ooh, I'm gonna go to the copy room and print off copies of my screenplay. Yeah! Yeah, do that! <laughs> <laughs> she scurries off. Oh my god. Rusty! I, don't, I thought you thought this through. I, I thought through the outfits and. Um, That's about as far as you got, I think. I always just think it's gonna work, but you know what? It's harder than it looks. So let's just not waste any time and let's find this basement. Once Blossom moves out of the way, you slide her chair aside. And I think, Gilly, you being on your hands and knees and feeling around is enough for you to kind of find a seam in the tile. 
and kind of get your fingers underneath it. And with a creak and a puff of dust, a trap door rises from the ground. Yes! All right, Gilly, after you. Okay. Yeah, you peer down into the trap door to see a long, winding, narrow limestone staircase descending into darkness. Um, Rusty has a little toolbox, so he takes out two little headlamps and puts one on Gilly's head. Great. And puts one on his head and clicks them on. This is disgusting. I'm sorry. Let's just try and make this quick. We fade up from black on the humble abode of one Florence Beauregard. Flo uh, just kind of nonchalantly walks into her bedroom, looks around at the sparse, unmade, hay-stuffed bed and the piles of clothes with like a lot of them with tags still on them, Mm -hmm. but that spill over every corner of the room. And she unceremoniously lifts up the dress that she's wearing and takes off and throws it on the floor and just like grabs another dress in one of those piles, rips the tag off of it and pulls that one back on. Okay, I'm ready to go. Yeah. After a few minutes, you hear from the bathroom, the water shut off and the knobs squeak again. And you hear the door creak open and Mary Beth says, Florence. Yeah. Can I borrow some clothes? Mine smell like shit. Sure. Uh, yes, <laughs> you can just dry off and head in the bedroom. You can put on whatever you want. I don't care. I don't even remember where most of this stuff came from, to be honest with you. <laughs> she uh, kind of brushes past you in a towel and shuts you out of your own bedroom. And a few minutes later, she exits looking to you like you're looking in a mirror with someone else's face on you. She is wearing uh, black flats with black tights and a beaded black flapper dress that probably comes down to like Flo's ankles, but on Mary Beth uh, comes down like just past her knees. Okay, you look better than you did uh, last time I saw you today. Do you ever wear any of those clothes? Why do so many of them still have tags on them and stuff? Well, I haven't worn them yet. You really like to go shopping, huh? (laughs) Yeah, shopping. (laughs) Did you steal them? Of course I stole them. Were you trying to steal shit from me the first day we met? You know I was. That's why you knocked on me. Aha! I just wanted to hear you admit it. Oh, my God. Fuck off. Who cares? <laughs> what? They're not your clothes. Why do you give a shit? Listen, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. So she'll butt down. She just sits down cross-legged on the floor. <laughs> My mother, Agnes Beauregard, may she rest in peace. She worked at a shirtwaist factory in Brooklyn when I was a kid growing up. I don't know where my dad was. I never met the bum. He was not in my life. I had three other sisters, all a little bit smaller than me. And my mom barely made enough at that shirtwaist factory that she worked 12 hours a day, seven days a week at, to put food in our mouths and keep a roof over our heads. She certainly couldn't afford to go out and buy new clothes for us. So you know what she did, Mary Beth Summers? What? When she left the shirtwaist factory every day, she would steal a little bit of fabric. Less than a penny's worth of fabric to those big wig top hat wearing goons who run that place. 
but it was enough that she could come home and in the few hours she had remaining that she wasn't working, she could sew us some clothes. So we didn't have to run around wearing little tiny little barrels with uh, <laughs> suspenders attached to them. <laughs> Ugh, I hate when that's all you have left on laundry days, your barrel with suspenders. Yeah, it's terrible. It gets real breezy in there and it's always sticky on the inside of those barrels. It's because they used to have maple syrup in them. We've all worn them, we all know. Yep. But one of my mom's co-workers, this awful woman named Nancy. Ooh. She saw my mom one day putting a little bit of that fabric under her dress. And she thought that she could throw my mom under the bus and elevate herself a little bit in the eyes of management. And that's exactly what she did. She knocked on my mom. My mom lost that job. And they brought civil charges against her and her on the hook for every dime they assumed she had stolen over the course of her work, bankrupting her. My mother died in debtor's prison. So yeah, when I see nice clothes, I don't give a fuck about the rich people who own them. I take them. I don't even wear them sometimes. I don't give a fuck. Because fuck them. I deserve it. They don't. Mary Beth is just looking down at her hands and twiddling her thumbs. And she says, wow. Flo, I'm, I'm real sorry. I guess I can see why you did what you did. And, um, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess there's, I guess there's more important things sometimes than just someone stealing some clothes. I'm sorry. And she stands up to hug you, but somehow the straps on her loafers have become interlaced together. And in standing up, she immediately falls backwards. Ah! (laughs) No, I'm sorry. That's not funny. We're having a moment. (laughs) It's not funny. Listen, we'll get this thing figured out. We cut back to Rusty and Gilly slowly descending the stairs down to the bone room. Yeah, the two of you uh, make your way down carefully down the winding limestone staircase. The subtle sound of water dripping from various surfaces is the only thing you hear as you go deeper and deeper into the darkness until finally you reach the bottom and find yourselves entering a large, candle-lit, open passageway at the bottom of the stairs. This is really creepy. It sure is. Maddie, if you're here, we just want to say that we're sorry you're dead and we want you to come to a seance at Landon's house tonight, and we're trying to free your bones. So that's why we're here. I'm Rusty, if you remember me. Okay. Um. You hear nothing in response, (laughs) except for just that quiet drip, drip, drip of water. Y'all make your way down the candlelit passage at the bottom of the winding staircase, and you find yourselves in the large open chamber at the end of the room and your eyes are immediately caught as they were for Flo by the piles and piles of bones on the ground leading to the numerous bones embedded in the stone walls and ceiling of the open chamber. Rusty to you, 
I think the shock of what you're seeing and also the sheer number of bones, you're just a little bit overwhelmed and can't lock on to any in particular. You're just kind of madly looking around everywhere, taking in the horrible sight before you. I'm picturing you going, yeet, yeet. <laughs> Too many bones! Oh, oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Gilly, mm-hmm. managing to stay slightly more level-headed. As always. You enter the chamber and immediately lock eyes on a skull wearing a paperboy cap. Oh, yeah. Hey, this looks like Maddie. You're right. They always wore that hat. Good thing I brought this. And Rusty opens up the toolbox. Here's a chisel and a hammer. We gotta get Maddie's bones out of these walls. How do we know which other bones are Maddie's? We know this one because of the hat. Are the other ones wearing clothes? Uh. I'll start working on the head. And Gilly's gonna walk over with the chisel and hammer and start trying to get the skull out. Did we bring a bone bag? I did, and then... (laughs) Um, there was a burlap sack in the toolbox, too, that Rusty pulled out. Sure. So Rusty was, like, kind of prepared, but not really. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, in some areas, more prepared than others. Mm-hmm. I brought this sack. Put them bones in the sack. Put them bones in the sack. So, Put them bones in the sack. Gilly, you I, I just want to be clear. Gilly, you are at the skull with the paperboy cap, hammering into the rock with the hammer and chisel, and Rusty, you're just grabbing <laughs> loose, bones. loose bones from about the room and just hurling them into the burlap sack in the hopes that some or most of them will be Maddie's? Yes. What if we accidentally bring 20 other people partially back? Then that's all right because there's still people that the Myers brothers done took advantage of and killed or fed them to Cliff. So, you know what? It's all no. right. The more the merrier. <laughs> The more evidence on our side, the better. The more ghosts at the seance tonight to yell at Mr. My Brothers and Cliff and Inga. You know what? It's, yeah. Rusty. Yes. You whip that burlap sack out of your toolbox and billow it in the air to get her open mm-hmm. and just start scrounging around on this <laughs> dirty floor, tossing loose bones into your bone bag. Yes. Gilly. You are able to make fairly quick work chiseling out this skull. And as you do the last couple of knocks on the chisel with your hammer, you're able to just palm it and wiggle it free of the crevice that it's in. I got it. Yes. All right. Put the skull in the bag. We're just assuming you got the other bones in that bag. I got all the bones. (laughs) All right. All right. So you look. Rusty says they, that he got all of them bones, and you look around. There's still piles and piles of bones around the room. Is there more room in the bag? No, bones? I mean you have a burlap sack's worth of bones. Okay, we're Can you just bring another bag. <laughs> all right, <laughs> we got our bones. Let's get out of here. <laughs>
we cut back inside the humble abode of one Florence Beauregard, where she and Mary Beth Summers are putting the finishing touches on their outfits for the seance tonight. Mary Beth, um, you just want to excuse me for a minute? I just got to pop into my bedroom and put the finishing touches on my fit for tonight. Oh, um, yeah, sure. I'm just going to sit down on this chair and not move or interact with anything so nothing bonks me on the head or makes me fall over. Yeah, that's really smart. Okay. That's a good call. All right. Could have been doing that the whole time, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And our camera follows Flo into her bedroom. Uh, She shuts the door behind her. And we see Flo from behind as she approaches her vanity and considers herself in the mirror for a moment before opening a drawer of the vanity and pulling out some very large theatrical pieces of costume jewelry, big chunky necklaces, some big rings. And she starts putting them on. And we see as she's putting on this costume jewelry, Flo's affect kind of change. Her back straightens up. Uh, We see a a, a sort of flutter and steeliness in her eyes as she is clearly transitioning into her performer's mode. And our attention in the mirror as Flo does this alights on a photograph that she has affixed to the mirror. A photograph of Flo looking about the exact same age that she is currently, seated, posed in a park. Beside her are... Two men uh, who look maybe slightly older than her and have a strong familial resemblance to her. And directly behind Flo and these two men are standing a slightly older woman and a slightly older man who both look about 50% (laughs) like Flo does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as our camera lights on this photo, it moves slowly back over to Flo's face as she puts on her last piece of jewelry and winks to herself in the mirror and says, uh, all right, kiddo, time for the big show. Times Radio Hour presents Phantasmagoria was edited by James Kettler and produced by Philip Stressman with additional sounds provided by Zapsplat.com Monster of the Week Tabletop RPG was written and created by Michael Sands Join us again next week for more Phantasmagoria and until then be chill and stay dangerous.